thankful for you this morning, Gene. It keeps me straight. keeps the production going. Our scripture uh, is the one we studied in Bible study, Matthew 20, uh, verses 1 through 16. And again, I just invited everyone to Bible study. That's been working out very well using that old conference call number. Good participation from both churches, actually. Uh, but there's always room for more. And the goal is we, we study these together and see what new insights pop up. But the scripture is Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he came out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Merciful and loving God, who gives us grace freely before we even know that we need it. Open our hearts and minds today so that we can take in the message you would have us to hear. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, as I walked into Ball State University, I walked into a class, it was a family law class. My major was actually pre-law at Ball State. thought I was going to be an attorney, or at least a paralegal. But I walk in on the board, and they're written on the board. And big words were, the fair is in July. And I thought, I wonder what that means. They were written in underline on the chalkboard. And my teacher was the honorable judge, I won't say his name, but the, the honorable judge of the circuit court of Delaware County. And he asked that our attention be placed solely on that chalkboard. And he said it again, the fair is in July. And he told us, in no uncertain terms, were we ever to use the word fair in that classroom. He went on to say that life isn't fair. And every day in his courtroom, he had to make tough decisions that were difficult and life-altering, at the least, for those that came before.
his statements that day, he also seemed to imply that all he could do was make the best decision possible. But no matter what the decision was, someone would think it to be unfair. He also seemed to express during our time the heartfelt sympathy that he had for those lives his decisions would change. As if to acknowledge publicly that he realized that some of the decisions he made would be unfair to some, even in his mind. But you were not to use the word fair in that classroom. So I'm not quite sure what the nature of his conviction was regarding the concept of fairness other than what he tried to explain. But it was just someplace you didn't go in that class. And so, as I stand before you today, I say, it's difficult for me to use the word fair, even when it comes up in, in things. And as a matter of fact, I pretty much have deleted it from my vocabulary. It's a word that my children don't use in the household. You can attest to that. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Uh, we try to, it's a game. We try to say, well, that's not just. That's not equal. That's not right. So we try to eliminate that from our vocabulary. But today, we see our scripture finds the workers in the vineyard. And they're questioning the justness of their treatment. They feel those who came to work in the vineyard late are unjustly receiving the same compensation as those who have worked in the hot sun, presumably all day. When the vineyard owner pays everyone the same, and pays those who have worked the least first, those who were there at the start of the day are explaining, and it really pains me to say this today, it's not fair. That's what they're explaining. It's not fair. So what about us, friends? When we read this story, what thoughts come to mind? Can we sympathize with those who have worked in the hot sun for the entire day and get paid the same as those who only work maybe an hour or two? And I thought about this, but I think we actually discussed this in the Bible study. How would this look in today's world if we looked at this parable from our concept of a fair day's pay for a fair day's work, or a full day's work? But if we look at it only that way, we're missing the point. The parable in today's terms would not be well received. Because don't we see all types of agreements when we think about uh, the workplace today? We have some that uh, feel that those, uh, some of them don't work as hard as they do. Uh, they don't work as long. Uh, we, some maybe think that people receive a handout. They're not working at all. Perhaps... Um, People, when they are passed over for a raise, there's hard feelings because they put in the time and they feel they deserve the raise. But maybe they're saying it's just not right. It's not fair. And so we could see that in our environment, I think. That would be a pretty easy comparison. But we might, uh, we, we need to reconsider that. Because it's not my point today to discuss the modern day issues. I'm not a workplace relations expert, maybe slightly given all the jobs I've had in my life. But I bring up the modern day workplace to really make a point. And the point is, is we can't make sense of this parable by thinking about modern economics. This is a story, friends, about how the kingdom of God works. And we know this because at the beginning, Jesus gives us a clue. It starts with, the kingdom of heaven is like. When Jesus is going to tell the disciples some tough things, or definitely when he's describing the kingdom of God, he always gives them a prompter. The kingdom of heaven is like, and then he proceeds to tell 
the story. Now, many questions uh, do arise when we read the scripture. Makes a big point out in the Bible study. Is this about people being slothful? Why are they standing around idle? Did they not want to work? Is that, is that the question? Why did the vineyard owner and the assistant keep coming back for workers? Wouldn't it make sense to get all the workers needed at one place at one time? Conventional wisdom would say you get everybody in the morning, you get a full day's work, especially if you're paying them all the same. Well, the pastor didn't give us these answers. We could make all types of assumptions about it, as we did. And Feasting on the Word uh, this week said something great about assumptions that I like. It said, assumptions are planned resentments. Let me say that again. Assumptions are planned resentments. When we assume, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Or worse, we can set those who make the assumptions about things, we can set them up to be the object of our disappointment. And the commentary stated it would be great if the only assumptions we made in life are these four. God loves me and all creation deeply and profoundly. Number two, I and all others are made in the image of God. Number three, God's generosity is beyond our wildest imagination. And number four, there is nothing I can do to earn or deserve God's generosity. Freely given. So think about it, friends, this morning. How much better would the world be if these were the only assumptions that we made? I think it would be a much better place. God's grace and mercy and generosity are the focus of this sermon. It's not really about the pay or the work. So let's dive a little bit deeper into the parable. Friends, the vineyard represents the kingdom of God. The workers are God's people working in God's kingdom. And the parable addresses an age-old question that hard-working good people have always asked. What kind of God offers the same reward to those who have earned it, meaning those who have done the lion's share of the work, and to those who have not, those who have sit idly. What type of God is this? And I think since the beginning of time, most people would say a just God behaves in this manner. But in order to say that God is just, we really have to understand the opportunity that the vineyard represents. Here I go again. The question is, does God treat everybody fairly? We'll get there, but let me first recognize, we should recognize, the opportunity to work in the vineyard, to work in God's kingdom, is the gift in and of itself. And as we work in the vineyard, as we work in God's kingdom, there is no room for pride. The only choices we really have as we work in God's kingdom, we can work in God's kingdom, that's one choice, or we can waste our lives by standing idly by and doing God doesn't wish for anybody's life to be wasted. This is not the nature of our God. So what does God do? God extends the invitation to work for God's kingdom indiscriminately and repeatedly. God keeps inviting us to work in God's kingdom in the vineyard. God shows no favoritism. All are equally deserving of the opportunity to work. And the reward for all those working in God's kingdom is also equal. There is radical equality before God. Rewards do not come from individual merit, 
not for the quality, not for the quantity of our work, but rather from the covenant with the one who is doing the hiring, with God. And friends, God is an equal opportunity employer. God promises and delivers one reward for all and offers all a chance to work in God's kingdom. Now, ideally, though, people who work in God's vineyard do it because it's the right thing to do, not to earn merit. And the Bible shows many times over, from stories in the Old Testament, stories in the New Testament, such as the one for today. People often grumble while working in God's kingdom, don't they? Jesus, you know, the Lord said, from the beginning of time, people have grumbled. Out in the wilderness, in the New Testament, in this scripture, that could be part of human nature. But we must be reminded of the gift that God's mercy allows us. It's that gift to work in the kingdom, the privilege to work in the kingdom. So what, all, what about all this last will be first business? We see this in many parts of the Bible. We see it in the Gospels of Luke. We see it in the Gospels of Matthew. Jesus rants against the holier than now religious leaders at times. But the call in this scripture is a call to humility. And as we've already established, God loves all people. Grace is there for all of God's people. But those who think too highly of themselves are not first in God's eyes. Those who view themselves more humbly are exalted by God. Now many people, actually I was talking to a pastor friend of mine uh, this week, and he said, well many people call this the 11th hour scripture. The lateness coming into the vineyard. Those who come to God even at the 11th hour receive salvation. Well, that's true. But our point of the discussion was, is no, this is really a scripture about grace. Not so much about the 11th hour, but the grace of God that's free for all who come into the kingdom. And regardless of when they enter the kingdom. And friends, some are blessed to hear the call early on. Others hear the call just before it's too late. But the grace of God goes before us, friends. The grace of God is pervening. It goes before us before we even know that we need it. And while it matters not who enters the vineyard first, what does matter is neither the one who comes in early or comes in later in the middle. No one should look at the work as if it's a burden. It should be a joy. We should work tirelessly for the kingdom of God, and we should do it with gratitude. Once, we're, once we enter the vineyard, we work as hard as we can. We're there to work for justice from the moment that we are called until the day comes when we receive our reward. Now we should notice in the parable too that all the workers started in the same place. They all needed a job. They started off as equals. But the trouble occurs after they've created some work then they grumbling again about who gets what. But we see all are paid equal. But for the ones that, that came first, the quality went out the window. They forgot that they needed a job like the other person. And they were relying on the vineyard owner for their providence. And so we see that come in only after the work had started. But then we see that the vineyard owner reminds them that they agreed. They knew what the job would be. And they knew what they would be paid, the first that came in. And then he asked, why do you question my generosity? I think that's an important point that we should think about our lives? Why do we question everything? We should probably be grateful a little bit more. We shouldn't be mistreated in life or in the workplace, but we should be grateful. And I think we should also take note that the vineyard owner went back a few times. Why did he do that? 
That's symbolic to God offering people to come into the kingdom at all times. To extend the invitation to as many as possible. God continually invites people to God's kingdom. So I said we can't read this parable in modern economic terms. I just don't think we can do that. But what we can do, how do we apply it for the 21st century? I've got a few thoughts as I begin to close. Number one, always, grace. It's about grace, friends. God extends grace to all, and the reward for working in God's kingdom is the same for all. And we should be thankful for the grace and mercy we have been offered. What an incredible job offer to work for God. Number two, we should make assumptions about, we should not make assumptions about the work others are doing in God's kingdom. We should not be jealous of others' gifts or contributions. Envy diminishes our gifts and it robs others of theirs. Number three, God is the giver of every good gift and the bestower of grace and mercy to all. And number four, just as the workers knew the deal, we know the deal. As we accept God's gracious invitation into God's kingdom, and as we know what the reward will be, we should focus on our relationship with God in prayer as we conduct both the on-the-job training we receive and as we continue to get our performance reviews and our quiet time with God and our inspiration. Well, as I close my story, well, as I close, my story in the beginning about the judge reminds me that others can judge right or wrong here in this life. But those judgments are not lasting. God is the ultimate judge who offers grace and mercy to all those who work in God's kingdom. And God is an equal opportunity and privilege. God bless you, friends. Um, as I said in the announcements,